Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Comedy History 101, where we school you in comedy. I am Harmon Leon. We have a new episode for you today on the Alex Jones origin story about his early days being on Austin Public Access TV. Before we jump into the episode, be sure to take some time to subscribe, like us, and rate us on iTunes. Why not do it? We appreciate it. And also, this Thursday, May 16th, I have a show in New York City, Tale, NYC's finest storytelling at the Red Room above the KGB bar. Come and check it out. And without further ado... You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. The good thing about doing comedy in Russia is you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody says Comedy History 101. And uh, we didn't play all of the cut from on my access television show that's actually my show proper just as an a, a, a entertainment show scott what, <laughs> what, what was that <laughs> well that was a little bit of uh al jones um from the austin public access tv i think circa 1997 99 yeah Roman. and and could you could you describe what he was doing when he was taking those phone calls um he was carving a pumpkin and there was a cover <laughs> cutaway to a fake severed head yeah. yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, what you tuned into is another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. I, of course, am Harmon Leon. With me, as always, Scott Colonico. Scott, how are you? Uh, top it, of the morning to you, Harmon. You used that one before. You used that one. Oh, did I ever say top no, of the morning? No, no, you're okay. supposed to, to keep in theme of today's show, you're supposed to say. Comedy history 101 is an inside job. <laughs> but that's, there's nothing funny about that. It's an inside job. It's the okay. new world podcast world order. <laughs> okay. All right. Because, what, Scott, what, what is the topic of today's show? Why, of course, it's the early career of one Alex Jones. Uh, subsect of the, the show is, is the crazy days of Austin public access TV. Now, Scott, you have sort of a connection to all this. Am I right? Um, I, I'm not saying that you think that there's black helicopters out there. What is, what no, is, what I, is, what is your connection to Alex well, I did, Jones? I did. Uh, and, like and the most Austinites, yeah, like most Austinites, I had a show on Austin City uh, Community TV, ACTV as we call it, Austin Community Access Table, Austin Community Television is what they called it, yeah. So I had a show back there, so I would actually see uh, Mr. Jones in the hallway occasionally. Oh, well, what, was what was your show? show? What was your show? Were you were you uh, a ranting and a raving? No, about no, the, I, uh, powers I kinda, that I, be. I kind of did like a sketch comedy kind of clip show, but that was back when it was like edgy comedy. If you would cut in clips from uh, TV and commercials and put them on uh, ACTV, because they kind of they would frown on that at the beginning. Yeah, and also probably copyright infringements. 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> <Very different. laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, but yet somehow YouTube gets away with it. But anyway. Yeah. So to set the stage of today's show is, um, well, Alex Jones. What do we know of, of Alex Jones nowadays? A um, lot of lawsuits. He's being sued by the parents of uh, the Sandy Hook victims. Yeah. No. Now he just kind of like is like crazy man for hire or something. Yeah, so at one time, Alex Jones in 2016 uh, got the endorsement of Donald J. Trump, who appeared on his uh, on his show praising him as a man with your reputation is amazing. And with that, <laughs> Jones and his millions and millions of followers help usher in the conspiracy theorist in chief into the White House. Exactly. But the Alex Jones, the origin story begins in around the mid-90s back in Austin Public Access TV. And that's where he sort of built his uh, chops uh, at being the ranting and raving conspiracy guy. So, Scott, you were there. Set the stage of what Austin Public Access TV was back like back in those days. Well, basically, anybody could kind of, that was the idea, anybody could get on and do a show, um, but you did have to go through, uh, they made you take uh, a couple classes, so mm-hmm. I remember having to do that, and that's when, um, you know, a lot of people, you'd start meeting other the other producers and stuff that were there, and then basically, like he said, I think Alex Jones mentions it in the clip, yeah, the place was open 24 hours a day, it was over in East Austin, now Hipster. Mm-hmm. Buried deep in hipster East Austin, but you'd go down there and show up and and just go on and just turn on the cameras. And they, that was big when they were into call-in. That was a call-in time, as you heard there. So people would just like call into the shows and start talking to people on the air. And that was kind of the entertainment. Oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. So East Austin, so the other side of the freeway, uh, that's now kind of the hipster bars and all that. Um, right. Yeah, so... Um, Here's what I read is uh, the local public access was channels 10 and 16, and they're popularized by a never-ending string of shows, um, eccentric, religious, bizarre, and just plain anything under the sun. Some of the popular shows of today were like of that day were an accordion-wielding, singing Austrian. Do you ever see that guy? No, um, but I do recall one show. I mean, if you want to finish your... You're kind of what you've researched here, Harmon. Um, a remember? fundamental preacher who would wear a toilet seat around his neck. Do you remember him? I think I do remember a little bit of that, yeah. What, what was his name? What was his deal? I, I don't remember it. I just remember some dude with a toilet seat around his neck. And, of course, uh, back in the day of the early Austin public access TV, a 22-year-old Alex Jones who ranted, as we just heard, about black helicopters, the Illuminati and how NASA faked the moon landing. And oh, what do excellent. what what do you remember? What do you remember that I've left out? Um, let's see. I remember doing seeing a show <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. That was called. This show was called um, "Shut Up and Drink." Mm-hmm. And for thirty minutes each week, these two guys would go and they'd buy a six pack of Austin's favorite beer, Shiner Bock. And they would buy Shiner Bock and they would go somewhere and they would film themselves drinking the six pack. And that's all it was. <laughs> like they wouldn't talk or anything. They would just sit there and drink the beers. And like I remember one time they were uh, they filmed themselves on the plane. So they were like flying somewhere and just yeah. these two guys <laughs> sitting there just drinking beer on a plane. That's all it was. So you had stuff like that that you had. Um, I remember one of the big kind of almost breakout hits was a 
call-in show called Livia Live or Lydia mm-hmm. Live, and right. she actually got she she was a you know a rather charming young woman and who would same thing just answer phone calls on the air, uh, sometimes wearing an evening gown. But I think she actually kind of got big enough to the point where she moved to L.A. I think ah. and tried to yeah tried to make it um, as like a, the TV circuit out there or something. Don't know quite what sure what's, what happened to her. But yeah, those are the couple of ones that stick out in my mind. You know, there's always the, the, the call-in thing was, was the big thing at ACTV. You would just call in there and just start, um, you know, harassing the hosts or what have you. I think <laughs> another one that you might have talked to, the guy, his, there's a gentleman in Austin who's doing mm-hmm. a history documentary about Austin public access um and there there was a show called Old Biddy and it was a guy wearing a an old grandmother's outfit and he would just do the same thing just just take calls on the phone ah so you know it's kind of like when uh, Austin has a city slogan which is keep Austin weird yeah and so yeah. this was back <laughs> in when Austin was at its probably would you consider at its prime weirdness I would think so. There's actually there's a reference to this. If there, if do you recall the uh, do you recall the movie Office Space? Mm. I do indeed. In fact, as a matter of fact, I brought it up in conversation earlier today when they kept moving okay. his desk to the boiler room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a um, there's a scene. You remember when when uh, when uh, I think Peter is the main character and he goes back to his his roommate and his roommate's like he could hear not, not his roommate but his next door neighbor mm-hmm. and the joke is their apartment walls are so thin they can hear each other and stuff. Right. Um, yeah. Do you remember that one part where he bangs on the wall and he goes, "Hey, Peter, come on over. The breast examination is on again." <laughs> I, I, so, I don't recall offhand, but go ahead, yeah. And that and that was this controversy that happened at ACTV back in the 90s where yep. they showed um, a woman giving herself a breast examination. It was just, you know, it was so pre- preventative and it was so, you know, women could learn how to do this. And there was a huge uproar about it. Oh, my God. Did, 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 yeah. did, did, did the outrage lead all the way past Barton Sprink at Barton Springs uh-huh. and the bats under the... <laughs> bridge the congress Street it might, bridge. It, it might have been no but it was a big controversy and then i remember there's another one another show that i liked where it was like it was like a guy it was an english professor teaching english as a second language mm-hmm. but if you didn't know that and you just started watching the show you would look like you're watching a show with a a mentally challenged individual <laughs> walking around. And then uh, I remember meeting him in person one day because I used to work at the campus library and, and being um, almost starstruck in a way. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's just funny how the local stars. And so from your experience, you know, along – and again, it makes sense that sort of on this level would be got uh, screaming, ranting, very Texan-ish – Alex Jones out of this sort of climate of any lunatic gets to do do their own show. Yeah, I think even when he was starting, I don't know if this was him or maybe mm-hmm. he took his his kind of look from this guy. There was a guy who was always wearing uh, Aviator Ray Bands who was on TV kind of holding up news articles. Maybe that was Jones. Maybe it was somebody else. But yeah, I remember on Austin that Public Access TV or yeah, on Austin Public Access TV. Yeah. I don't know if maybe that's how Joe – I could be bleeding into somebody else. But, yeah, that's how far back we're going is yeah. that people would just hold up newspaper clippings. 
let, see, let me ask you a question. So you're almost like the guest on the show today as the expert. Um, <laughs> what, what, what is the first thing you remember about Alex Jones coming onto your radar? I tell people this story all the time. I, was like, I just remember when he was crazy dude who was on, on late night access cable. And that's all you thought about him. Because there were so many of them in Austin at the time. Like, there was nothing mm-hmm. particularly special about this one. There was nothing special about Alex Jones. He was just another one no. of these kind of he was just another, guys. Yeah, that's the thing. He was just another guy who was... But then I think he just became, he got more regular with it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think it, it became more of a... Uh, I don't know if you did it every day, but it was just something where it was, like, ever-present. So then after a while, you could not not know about him. Yeah, and even uh, you might want to read a really interesting article about uh, kind of the early days of Alex Jones on Austin Public Access in the New York Observer, written by one... Harmon Leon, who, oh, wow. who researched okay, yes. this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we'll put a link uh, on our site, Comedy History 101. But one thing I heard was, um, you know, he sort of early on got embraced by local celebrities. Uh, you know, it was first sort of Bill Hicks uh, sort of kind of uh, gave him some credibility, you know, because he would rant on about like Waco and uh, what else was he Waco? And what else was he? Um, well, I, th- I think I think Bill Hicks was probably probably dead before that. But like mm-hmm. there was, I think it was Kevin Booth, who is like Bill Hicks's friend, right. and he did a lot of stuff with ACTV, and that's where I think there was like the bleed in over where it just like kind of he kind of got hooked up with Alex, or those two guys sort of following each other. Because, yeah, they talk about a Waco a lot. That was kind of the, the right. connecting point. Yeah, but again, it's just like as you would say, and everyone I interviewed about this is, he was the guy you would, you would like, like Richard Linkletter put him in two of his movies. And he put him in because he was sort of like, you know, you would be in Austin, you would get stoned, and I'm not saying you, Scott. And uh, no, no, Scott. Scott doesn't Most endorse people. the use of drugs. Most people, I don't. No, I don't endorse <laughs> the use of any kind of drugs or stimulants. But this is—I read this in an article by Link, Richard Linkletter, like you know, kind of like trying to say why he, back in the day he would put him in like two movies. He was just the guy you would get stoned and laugh at on late night public access TV because he was just a a, a, a ranting in a raven and his early shows he would sit behind a desk in front of a star map of the universe and he would take phone calls uh and be ranting red face into the camera you know about the the police state and the new world order and exposing the shadowy elites so right away um and i interviewed from a story a guy that you know a guy named uh charlie uh sotello um, who was also a producer back in the day, was, you know, right away, right out of the right out of the box. And, you know, we love those videos, the unboxing videos. <laughs> but <laughs> if if there's an unboxing video of Alex Jones right out of the box, he was the ranting, raving guy. But, you know, just a less polished version <laughs> of that. <laughs> and And just through through, you know, doing it more and more uh he he you know he kind of learned an assemblance of uh broadcasting skills but um from day one he was the exact same alex jones but just an unpolished version of him oh yeah Mm -hmm. exactly 
And like you said, he he would take calls, and 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 that was a part of it. There wasn't there a group of uh, pranksters that would just prank all the Austin uh, public access TV shows. Yeah, I mean that was, that was like kind of a go, and that was the thing that you would do. I mean that's see that's why it made it. This was like the first kind of interactive. This was like the yeah. the web before. This was like comments before before comments. Yeah, that's what you would do. Is you would just you would just call these shows and just kind of pull pranks on them or. You know, try to call other shows and mm-hmm. try to get the host riled up, and that was that was kind of the the object of the game. Is so you could see yourself on TV. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like pre pre Twitter trolls. So the Twitter trolls of today were the prank phone callers of uh, the '90s Austin public TV. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So there was a comedian, uh, uh, Austin comedian. Uh, you know him, named Carrie On. Who also had a uh-huh. show on public access of the day called the Ronnie Velveeta show. Was it called the Ronnie Velveeta show? Something like that? Yes. Yeah. Ronnie Velveeta was the character who started the Velveeta Room, now called the Velve in Austin. Oh, I hate that rebranding. I, <laughs> just off the bat, it's just kind yeah, of annoying. Just, just, just. <laughs> yeah, I like the rebranding. Cool. I, I don't, yeah. I don't like the, I don't like the name as much. But yeah, the rebranding, the, the, the new logo looks good. But the, the Valve, mm-hmm. just call it the Valve, is yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So he had a public access show that was, I guess, it was sort of supporting like the local comedians in Austin. Was that the premise yeah, of the show? Yeah, he would have, yeah, he would have people come on and you'd, you'd interview with him and stuff like that. Yeah, so he actually, on the Ronnie Velveeta room, uh, for Velveeta show, would actually have Alex Jones on as a guest. I mean, I know at least once he was on as a guest, because part of the show was he would have other producers uh, from Austin Public Access come on and be guests. And, and carry on, he, he told me that uh, uh, early Alex Jones meant his whole show almost as, as a spoof. Like he was trying mm-hmm. to be spoof other media f- figures such as uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, Morton Downey Jr. Do you remember him at all? Oh yeah, man, the big mouth. Yeah, he, I think he was like all I really remember of him is just shut up, shut up. Like he would yeah. say that a lot to his guests and uh, a legendary paranormal radio host Art Bell, who was like uh, Art Bell. Yes, man, exactly. What do you remember of Art Bell? I vaguely remember like uh, listening to him on like. When I would be doing road trips and you would get some radio station from New Mexico in the middle of nowhere and listening to, to the, it's the Art Bell Show. I think he's, isn't he still on? I think he's still on. I think he's not alive. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be like a Doris Day thing. But he's a, he's a paranormal, so maybe he, he can still be on and not be alive. Uh, actually, well, he died, he died, but he didn't die. It wasn't too long ago. He died last year, it looks like. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. But the thing is, the okay. thing is, um, Carry On uh, thought early on that Alex Jones's uh, whole sort of end game was to somehow transition into becoming a stand-up comedian, which ties into yeah, the comedy be. history one hundred and one. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he would come on and carry a show, and he would do impressions. And uh, I think his biggest impression was uh, Darth Vader. All right, awesome, dude. We need to find that. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Don't act so surprised, Tim Cook. You aren't on any mercy mission this time. <laughs> but, like, you know, and on that early clip, he's, like, carving a pumpkin. So that's, yeah, that's pretty, you know, as far like as, like, uh, being on brand with today's Alex Jones, that was a bit off brand. 
Yeah, no, he was like, he, he was being like, you know, helpful, friendly, you know, seasonal Alex Jones. Yeah, so again, there's two takes on early Alex Jones. So Carry On thought he was just doing shtick and knew it was show business. And then he suddenly became, got bigger and bigger, and then just started believing the shit that was spewing out of his mouth like conspiracy diarrhea. Yeah, I th- I th- that's that. I would say that would be the uh, the uh, path that you'd be following, that he'd be following there. But other other people like uh, Charlie so- uh, Sotelo, he would say whatever it took to get him through that particular show. So right. whatever, uh, I think almost quoting Charlie's exact words, whatever popped into his big dumb head that day, <laughs> that's what he would go with. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? So one, you know, one says he was like doing shtick and then got caught up in, you know, sort of in a social path sort of way, got caught up in his own, you know, screen persona. Well, the other was just sort of like, uh, you know, he was just making it up as he went along. I'd go along with that. Yeah. I mean, I ran into him. I talked to him directly one mm-hmm. time, one time when I was there at HCTV for, um, uh, for Carry On Show, um, right. I ran into uh, Alex in the hallway, and this is probably this is probably two thousand two mm-hmm. or so. And I remember at the time, um, I'd been doing a lot of reading about Flight ninety three, mm-hmm. uh, the plane that got shot down in Pennsylvania, and and Alex and I had a bit of a conversation about that. What what and what do you recall from the he, conversation? He was just, of course, they shot it down. The government shot it down. Was he was he at like? You're just like in the hallway. Was he at level eleven with you in the conversation? He was. He was already pretty. Yeah, he was already. He wasn't like super screaming, but he was already in his stage presence. Yeah, I mean, again, from people I've talked to, there's just plain mental health issues going on. And if you listen to him on like the Joe Rogan podcast, he like Joe can sort of like wrangle him back when he gets too out of hand. But you know, uh-huh. there's something mental illness at play. <laughs> or just um you know he's he he's, he believes his own uh his own bs yeah so which leads us to a very comedic history sort of uh incident that happened in the parking lots of Austin uh, uh public access tv so um like you were saying the the uh, public access shows pre twitter um the trolls would end up they would end up like calling into the show and pranking the show, and there was a, a collective bunch of weirdos in Austin that called themselves the uh, the Anathema Enterprises, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Uh, something like that. <laughs> and they were obsessed with prank calling uh, Alex Jones, and their M- mo was just to call in and disrupt with a, a barrage of insults. And the lead prankster was a guy named uh, Clayton Counts, uh, who went by the moniker Space Hitler. Ah, that's charming, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, who'd phone in just to fuck up Jones's show, screaming like, uh, die, 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 or uh, what would really rattle him was he would refer to Alex Jones as Jarhead Jones. <laughs> so as a result, uh, Alex Jones would freak out and melt down and sort of lunge to the call box to disconnect the phone call. Um, it was <laughs> it was said to be a pure mess. 
So Scott, <laughs> yeah. how how do you think all this uh, played out in in an incident where Alex, uh, for his fans and callers, uh, had a little open house at Austin Public Access TV? What 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 what, what took place uh, at this open house? Um, all right, well we'll start here. I mean, so basically, what would happen is. Um, you know these these shows that you mentioned would have kind of an interactive component where they would sometimes mm-hmm. invite people into the down to the ACTV studios where they could come just kind of hang out and sometimes they'd get on the show and it kind of turned into like a, a party or or what ha- have you. Um, but what happened this time? These mm-hmm. uh, pranksters that had been calling um, Jones decided to show up in the parking lot and things took a step for the not very nice direction. All right, so when they had all these people who showed up at the station, uh, they uh, Alex Jones recognized one of the guys as the person who had been pranking him on the phone and kind of flipped out. Yeah, the guy, die, die guy. He recognized yeah, his voice. So, yeah, and he said, you're the guys who are constantly disrupting my show. I've had about enough of it, according to witnesses who were there. So now, who who's our main witness to this whole thing? Um, it was our, our uh, main contact on this story, Charlie. Charlie is Sotelo. And Charlie, they're a little bit of a scrap um, ensued. Yeah, so they ended up uh, getting in a fight in the parking lot after uh, like an argument in the lobby um, when when one of uh, the heckler guys just simply said one word to Alex Jones, which was jarhead. And that just <laughs> sort of uh, uh, set Alex Jones off to the point where like, like an old western outlaw, he said, do you want to step outside? And yes. uh, the guy said, yeah, and they walked towards the door and Alex went to his car and it looked like he was pulling something out of the back seat. And he told the scrappy guy uh, something to the effect of this is my place of business. I have a gun. I can shoot you. You are threatening me at my place of business. I can hold my ground here. <laughs> All right, I'll do the other guy. All right. Yeah. The scrappy guy took a step back, which emboldened Jones, who puffed out, puffed out his chest and continued to threaten the guy. And I'll be the other guy. Sure. And the other guy, scrappy guy, just goes, you know what? Just fucking shoot me then. And yeah. then he just popped Alex Jones with a punch to the face. Yeah, so um, not only did he pop him once, but he popped him several times in the face. And uh, um, Alex, uh, you know, again, uh, he kind of is a bit braggadocious about his um, fighting abilities. But uh, he he hit him several times in the face, and Alex sort of was starting to throw punches forward, but it it looked really inept, and the scrappy guy kind of, caught on and not only was started kicking Alex's ass, but was uh, shit talking him between punches like, oh, you're a professional fighter? Pop. Oh, you do this for a living? Pop. (laughs) Why do you keep hitting yourself? Pop. Yeah, yeah. So basically he hit Alex a good eight to ten times in the face uh, and, and and just sort of uh, pummeled him silly. Yeah, so even even Charlie, this, our witness at this point, he'd had enough of it, and he's, he just yelled at Alex. He's like, hey, Alex, go inside. Get away from this. And that just made Alex Jones matter. And, it, and he went over to Charlie and just started punching on him. Well, it wasn't punching on him. Uh, he, he basically, before he punched on him, he uh, spit blood at Charlie. 
okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then before any punching between Alex and Charlie happened, he spit blood on Charlie, and Charlie was really angry because it was like a new shirt he just got for Christmas that he was going to wear on TV for the first time. (laughs) And uh, with that, uh, just to sum up, Charlie just punched him in the face. So, you know, okay, so far, Alex Jones uh, getting beaten up. uh, You know, I guess you can consider that funny or not funny. (laughs) But I think where the real comedy history ties in is when the police arrived, uh, the police report, which... uh, Alex Jones filled out to uh, tell his side of the story. Um, Scott, you've read the police report. Um, yes. Uh, what 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 key sort of um, um, descriptions uh, stand out from the police report? Um, well, this is pretty good. You can um, actually can you look looks like you can, looks like you can get Alex Jones's home phone number on this, too. <laughs> but um, yeah, or his uh, former Al- home phone number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that is funny because in this police report, you can also pull out the fact that Alex Jones is working for his dad, the dentist. Yeah. Um. So, um, I mean, not to interrupt here, your flow here, but um, yeah. So he said, this is my place of business, which was public access TV. So you don't make any yeah. money working at public access yeah. TV. But in reality, he worked at Castle Dental, which uh, Alex Jones's father was a big wig dentist. That didn't yeah. he own like a chain of dental clinics? Because I googled uh, Castle Dental. Castle um, Dental was big. It might be still be big, but yeah, it was a big chain in Austin. Yeah, and that was sort of a um, kind of a characteristic tidbit that carry on. The uh, first impression that he had of Alex Jones was he was sort of a guy that got everything from um, his dad. Um, yeah. And there was an, actually a really great This American Life episode uh, 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 that John Ronson did the tale of uh, going back to his high school friends that where uh-huh. he got into another fight um, and Alex Jones's dad moved the whole family. Was it Dallas or Houston? I think Dallas. Uh, yeah. Uh, they moved him, the whole family because of this fight uh, that Alex Jones got in high school where he got the shit kicked out of him to Austin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, it boils down. He's just a big bully is what the thing is. But to go back to the police report. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a couple of things that jo- that jump out. You'll be able to re- read the police report on our site, commonhistory101.com. Um, there are a couple few good tidbits in here, um, other than seeing that uh, Alex Jones works at the dentist. That's pretty good. Um, but he, he refers to his attacker. He refers to his attacker's. As counterculture generation X, X types, that is like a good quote from the uh, police report. Yeah, what would that be like? Would they be dressed all grunge and in plaid? Yeah, were, I know, and they're watching the Ben Stiller show or something. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Did they just come from a screening of Reality Bites? <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was pretty good. Um, another of the detail that uh, that uh, Alice talks about was. Um, uh, where was it? Um, oh, that the, uh, the, the, the main perpetrator with the strange eyes had a double-edged military killing knife. Yeah, he, he had a double-edged ki- killing knife, and he had a Houston-type accent. That was it. Now, Scott, where, you're, you're from Texas. Could you I am please Texas, explain yeah. to me the difference between an Austin accent uh, well, and a Houston accent? We had a long discussion about this, and we decided that that mm. there's no such... I mean, 
I think the, the 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 conclusion we came to: if you are really from Texas and you might be able to tell, and you were overheard two other native Texans, and one of them was from El Paso and one was from Texarkana, you mm-hmm. might be able to hear a difference between the two Texas accents. But as far as as Houston and um, Austin, you're talking about 180 miles, and I don't. There's not much of a difference in the accents. Ah, but he he used that as a key thing. He's like, I know uh, that, that was made it so interesting, huh? Yeah, but um, I think the biggest tidbit that foreshadowed the Alex Jones to come is how he described uh, one of one of the perpetrators. Um, he not only did he have um, a Houston accent, um, he and these are in Alex's words, and actually. Um, yeah, I'll read it and then I'll drop in the full kind of we recorded the uh, um, the best of the police report, um, which we'll drop in after this. Um, he said he, he was very strange looking. He has eyes that look like a goat's <laughs> he <had> goat eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What does that mean? What what is a goat? He, I don't know. He, he has pasty white green skin and eyes like a goat. Yeah, that that's what. Uh, yeah, maybe there was uh, is a Satanist or something. Yeah, or maybe alien, or he's referring to the Illuminati. Uh, it could be Matt Alex Jones. And now a dramatic reading of the Alex Jones police report. I was at ACAT and I was leaving when four or five men, aged from nineteen to twenty-three, got in my face and started taunting me, calling me punk and jarhead. They look like counterculture Generation X types. I said, why did you call me at home on the air and say you want to kill me? The leader said, yeah, Jarhead, it is me. I'm not a dumbass, a dumbass like you. I don't put myself out in front. I'm hidden. No one knows who I am. I can do what I want and get away with it. I was trying to get to my car and they followed me. The largest of the attackers, he hit me in the nose with his right hand without warning. I did nothing because I saw that the ringleader with the strange eyes had a double-edged military-type killing knife. I knew who he was because he calls on the live TV shows on ACTV and talks about how he wants to kill me and how I'm a fucking piece of shit, etc, etc. But back to the assault. The thug that had already hit me was hopping around and calling me pussy, and I said, What is your problem? I have done nothing to you. That is when he struck me the second time. Blood was flying and streaming from my nose and mouth. I then realized that they were encircling me, and the person that hit me twice came out from the gang and hit me again. I defended myself. I hit him in the face, and he came forward to hit me again, and I hit him one more time, I believe. He fell to his knees. When Charlie, a person who had joined them in taunting me, came up and was laughing at me, saying, You got your ass kicked. I said, Call the police. They have a knife. And Charlie said, You are a liar. I then said, Fuck you, liar, and blood sprayed and saliva spewed on him. He then hit me. I hit him back. When the police came, he told them, Bull, that I had hit him first. This is not true. I was scared, shook up, and angry by this time. The foreign leader is the one who called me at home. His voice is easy to remember. It is, I would say, a Houston-type accent. He is very strange-looking. He has eyes that look like a goat. 
He has pasty white green skin. I am not an easy person to scare. I am in fear of losing my life. He has said he would like to sodomize my mother. He said he is coming to my house to slip my throat, and now he has actually shown me the weapon. Please stop this individual, or he will hurt me and others. The above statement is true and correct to the best of my knowledge, Alex Jones. Yeah, so what what is your takeaway first from uh, kind of this origin story of Alex Jones or your takeaway from that era of Austin and Austin Public Access TV that, you know, if there wasn't if it wasn't like weird Austin, you know, and, he, and Alex Jones stayed in Dallas I don't think, you know, he would have gotten this opportunity to be, you know, just part of the weird, you know, potpourri of, uh, you know, public access figures uh, and, and wouldn't uh, become the Alex Jones he is today, which, God, I wish we had the other option. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think I think you're right there. I mean, I think if he was in a bigger market, like he wouldn't have stood out, you know, it would have been harder for him to stand out. But in Austin, you know. He fit right in in the way that he didn't fit right in, so it was easier for him to make a to make a um, you know make a name for himself. And I think also I think somebody else mentioned this, like his mm-hmm. wife was one of the persons that like because this is if you're talking about ninety seven ninety nine, that is right when the web is cu- starting to come out. And if you're savvy, and I think that was the thing, he's one of the first guys that was savvy enough to kind of start hawking his website on the Colin Show as well. Yeah, so what I heard from uh, Charlie, that was like all his wife's doing that encouraged mm-hmm. him to build up his website and, you know, move things over there. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was the thing. That was kind of the thing. So he so he was right there at that at that moment where you could take advantage of it. And I think, you know, in that way, either him or his wife was pretty smart about that. Yeah, according to what I heard, you know, that was all his wife's. And then, you know, they had a messy divorce. I don't, I imagine any kind of divorce from Alex Jones would be messy. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be a smooth thing. Because I think, uh, I think he said something in the court that she has no redeeming qualities. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Charlie said that she was pretty much the one responsible for uh, making him who he is today. You know, having him yeah. catch on on the web and, and all that. Yeah, well, that's that's Alex for you. So that would be that'd be my takeaway as well. You know, it was he was in the right in the right media at the right mm-hmm. place at the right time with the right act and in the right city too. In the right city, yeah. And and so then one final thing on this is. Um, what if Alex took the other road? What What do you think of uh, if, if if he solely pursued being a stand up comedian? You know, I know this is like fan fiction here, but uh, <laughs> what, what do you think that would be like? I don't know. That's a good question. He could be like he could have been the conspiracy comedian dude. You know, it, that would have been kind of open for him. He could have gone like. A Bill Hicks direction, you know. I think that's probably the way he was kind of going, but maybe um, a little more Texasy. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't. You know, he, I mean, could, I just can't really picture it. I don't picture him just. I just think on a on a TV screen that. But when you got just because he can't really control himself, and he just 
when you just see a really screaming guy, I mean, you, uh, sure, the other end would be like Sam Kennison, who was the screaming guy, but yeah. he knew how to control it because he was like, used to be a preacher, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, where Alex, there would just be too much, like in the comedy. Yeah, club, it would be. It would yeah. just be you, like, you gotta whoa. Have, <laughs> you got to have the quiet, man. You got to have the, you know, loud, quiet, loud. Yeah, before you scream, you live in a desert. <laughs> Nothing grows here. <laughs> Still kind of it's, sand. <laughs> it's sand. It's still sand. <laughs> <laughs> Go to where the food right. is. <laughs> is that a, is that a very woke bit of the Sam Kennison, or or does that play? Does that date it at all? Uh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It's not nice to make fun of uh, famine. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I guess that includes that. This concludes the chapter of uh, comedy history of uh, Alex Jones's origin story um, here at Comedy History 101, which means it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug? Well, first of all, Harmon, uh, Harmon and I have another podcast called This is the President. You can find it over at our site, scottclonco.com slash this is the president uh, for now. We'll soon be moving that to this is the president.com, but that's right now where you can find it on our site. And or also .gov. Or .gov, or there you go, .edu. Um, wherever you can find your favorite podcasts like uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Last FM, and everywhere you can find cool podcast uh that's one thing that Harmon and i are doing and then also Harmon was a producer on one of my latest short documentaries everything you want to know about sudden birth but we're afraid to ask uh recently just finished screening at the maryland film festival uh coming up this week you'll be able to see at the chicago critics film festival in chicago and then later on the month at the mountain film festival in colorado the seattle film international film festival sf doc fest and soon to be the norwegian short film festival in norway Ah, you mean yes. it's soon to be a Norwegian short film festival or soon to be at the Norwegian? Soon short to be film? at the Norwegian. Ah, okay, short okay, film festival. great. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. And for me, uh, this Thursday, um, May 16th at the Red Room above the KGB bar, I have my monthly storytelling show, Tale. Uh, no hokey gimmicks, no dumb themes, just the best. In New York storytelling, come and check that out. And next Tuesday, May 21st, Scott, you're going to get excited about this. At Planet Rose in the Lower East Side in New York, I have my long-running show. The show has been around for a while, but took about a seven-year hiatus, and it's back. Scott, do you know what that is? Would that be Jokey-Okey? Jokey-Okey! Stand-up comedy karaoke. So come on down to Planet Rose on uh, Avenue A this upcoming Tuesday, May 21st, 8 p.m. Would that be Alphabet City? It's in the Alphabet City, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that, my friends, thanks a lot for tuning in to another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in comedy. We will be back next week. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.